0: Hello, and welcome to the latest podcast from Quechtel Wireless Solutions. I'm George Malin, a technology journalist, and I'm delighted to welcome today's speakers. We have Colin Newman, the Director of Antenna Business Development, and Stefan Sherlock, the Antenna Sales Manager for EMEA uh, at Quechtel. It may seem obvious that uh, antennas play an essential part in connected IoT devices, but there are several complexities and variations to take into account. IoT devices usually have significant constraints that need to be addressed in terms of the space available within devices uh, for modules and antennas, but also for uh, power consumption to ensure a long active lifespan. The antennas themselves, particularly if they're embedded, need to be located where they can access networks. And whether external or embedded, the antennas need to integrate with IoT modules um, that are within the device. These are not trivial matters to solve, so I'm delighted that Colin and Stefan have joined the podcast today. Now, without further ado, let's get started. What are the common challenges associated with optimising embedded antennas, and how can these be addressed? Stefan, over to you.
1: Hi, George. So probably the most common challenge arises when the antenna is left at the last minute, and it becomes very difficult, or sometimes impossible, to reach the required performance targets with mechanicals which are fixed. So it's important to think about the antenna early and involve Quicktel early. So the performance targets and frequency bands should really be defined first. You know, these targets can be based on your application, or they can be you know taken from certification requirements from PTCRB, uh, for example. Um, the performance targets and the number of bands are really going to dictate your overall uh, product size based on the required antenna solution. So to go into a bit more detail on that, you know, for embedded antennas, there's off-the-shelf embedded antennas and or customized and ante- embedded antennas. So off-the-shelf antennas need to be integrated into a device as per the data sheet. These antennas were designed in a specific environment, usually in free space, So this environment is needed to be replicated as much as possible to reach performance shown in the data sheet. Otherwise, the performance is gonna be compromised. Custom antenna design is kind of the other way around. You're designing the antenna to fit in to the ORF environment, but this faces uh, a lot of the same challenges. So, you know, I'll start off by saying, you know, choosing the ideal position is one of the most critical uh, challenge. Um, The ideal position in each device will depend on the antenna type and what other components are in the device, especially noisy components, and then what other radios and antennas are in the device. So, you know, surface mount antennas like cellular surface mount are best positioned on the short edge of a rectangular ground plane. These antennas require a length in the ground plane to achieve the required bandwidth at the lower frequencies, so sub 1 gigahertz. The PCB ground plane can be virtually extended by the use of ground cables in some devices. Some devices use cable harnesses. These antennas require antenna to metal clearance in all directions. So you shouldn't be putting a battery above or below this antenna. And it should also be considered where this device is going to be mounted. Is it gonna be on plastic or is it gonna be on a metal plate in the field? This is gonna have an influence on your antenna selection. So to talk about patch antennas, and these these should be positioned in the device to face the sky to receive direct signals from the satellite. If there is room available, then these should be positioned centrally on a ground plane to increase uh, your gain performance. This ground plane could be a PCB, um, or you could position an embedded antenna with a cable centrally over a battery facing the sky again. Patch antennas are one of the only Uh, antennas um, that can operate when placed on top of metal. Uh, Most antennas don't like metal. Um, So flex PC antennas are mostly ground plane independent. These antennas are designed to be adhered to the plastic housing and should have ideally 20 millimeters metal clearance in all directions to work as per the data sheet. For customers who haven't, you know, cast their tooling, and um, then it can be recommended to add some recess into the plastic to help the assembly line uh, position the antenna exactly. You know, variation in that antenna position is, is going to vary performance. And um, so then going into like the tuning and optimization of each of these antennas, which is a challenge customers face. So, and uh, once the best location has been determined inside the device. And uh, then the antenna needs to be tuned for that specific location. For surface mount antennas, this comes in the form of impedance matching networks, um, which is some combination of series parallel capacitors or inductors between the antenna and the module. This network design is unique to each device and cannot be taken from the data sheet. For flex PC antennas, this is the cable routing itself. The cable is part of the antenna and is radiating so there's, there's a big difference in say routing the antenna cable to the left or to the right it needs to be repeated um, exactly during assembly um, wherever this cable routing was defined but by the engineer integrating the antenna even the cable length is going to have an effect the cable again is part of the antenna it's essentially part of the ground plane so for patch antennas this could be the, the physical tuning of the silver patch itself um, it's really only needed if the plastic enclosure is less than two millimeters away from the top of the patch, which is going to detune the antenna, as in shift the frequency response um, out of band, or if, say, you position uh, a patch antenna in a very corner of a PCB, whereas you know this the, the off-the-shelf antenna would have been designed to be positioned centrally in a PCB. So this can like skew the radiation pattern. It can skew the the actual ratio tuning. So in these situations, custom tuning might be required to that patch antenna.
0: So I hope that answers that, George. Yeah, it does. Thank you, uh, Stefan. To build on some of the challenges, how can the the limitations of location and space within devices and issues such as uh, interference and obstruction that you were mentioning uh, be addressed effectively?
1: Okay, so kind a of couple of questions there. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the limitations of location and space first. So if, there's, if there are size limitations, you know, relative to performance, frequency bands, targets, then there are still some antenna solutions available, but these often come with trade-offs. You know, one being increased design complexity, so we can look at custom antenna designs um, here, which could be in the form of LDS, which is a laser direct structuring, where one can you know, design an antenna to be etched and place onto a plastic carrier or directly onto the, pro- uh, the product plastic itself. You can imagine how much uh, space this would save in your device. Um, another solution could be the use of an RF switching matching network to switch between bands depending on the region or carrier that that device is operating on. Um, another trade-off could be multiple SKUs. You could use like an off-the-shelf antenna in some cases where the ground plane is short, but specify a different matching network for different regions, You know, one for the US and another for EU. Um, so this would just be a bomb change in, in, in the design. Um, You know, this could also be done with LDS. So that's a good advantage of LDS. So two or three antenna designs can be completed on the same plastic carrier, each of those designs optimized for a specific region. And so to answer the second part of that question, you know, the interference um, and noise, um, so if these aren't mitigated at the start of the design phase, and these can cause some issues for sure. In particular, you know, TIS failures, which is a requirement for some certifications. Um, the issues and solutions to these can vary a lot. There can be narrowband or broadband self interference caused by power supplies or microcontrollers, which are radiating noise in the same frequency band which you're trying to receive on. know, some common practices should be, you know, solid ground layers, uh, adding decoupling capacitors and some shield cans and, you know, the RF team at kind of evaluate these issues case by case and offer advice accordingly because,
0: like I said, it's going to be very broad. Great. Thank you, Stefan. Uh, Let's move on to Colin Newman now. Colin, um, what are the advantages of specifying both the module and the antenna from the same supplier and how does this make designers and engineers jobs easier?
2: Very good question, George. So every wireless application requires a module and at least one or more antennas. These two devices need to connect together to achieve the best performance in the customer's products. But it's only when you power the the customer's device up and test it, will you really know how good the RF performance is. And if it's not, the performance is not good, who do you call for help? the antenna or the module supplier, because it could be either. Each will give different answers based on their own product, but more important, who will accept responsibility and work with the customer to resolve the problems? By selecting one supplier like Quagtail, it's more likely that your design will work first time anyway. Why? Because we have already tested our products together. Also, the design data and engineering support services that we provide during the design process is for both our products together. But should there be a performance issue, then the customer only needs to call one company, Quicktail, irrespective of whether it's the antenna, the module, or the layout between the two products. Our FAEs and engineers work together and do not discriminate on where the issue lies. Their ultimate goal is to solve the problem and get the customer up and running as quickly as possible. So by talking to one team, resolutions to issues are often found and resolved quicker trying to deal with two separate companies, which sometimes are in different parts of the world. This enables the customer to speed up their time to market. And lastly, George, there is a added advantage for procurement in buying both their devices from one supplier at the end of the day.
0: Excellent. Great. Thank you, Colin. Um, this concludes the podcast. So many thanks again to today's speakers, Colin Newman and Stefan Sherlock from Quechtel. It's clear that Quechtel has not only assembled a large portfolio of both embedded and external antennas, but is also, thanks to its huge engineering resources, ideally positioned to supply antennas alongside IoT modules. This integrated approach will accelerate time to market and streamline the supply chain. Thanks again for joining our podcast today. We look forward to welcoming you to the next Quectel Wireless Solutions podcast soon. Check out our website and social channels for details. Goodbye.